Let me speak to you for a moment before we get back into a time of worship. Reasons why we sing songs like that or why the Holy Spirit leads us in songs, songs like that is for a reason. I realize the curse of aging is the growing independence of an individual. As you age, you become more and more dependent on yourself, self-dependent, independent. And I call that a curse tonight because the Bible says things like, and when Christ said it, we won't go there, but Christ made mention that without me, you can do nothing. But again, as you age, you start to, you become aware of things. You become, your eyes open to things that makes you feel that you can remain dependent or independent rather. Now, when we pray or when we sing or when we pray the song, breathe on me, we remind ourselves that we live because of him. We remind ourselves that if there's any movement in our life, it's because of him. So for me tonight, I wouldn't rush entering into the word and also I'll be more free to speak knowing that I always have to remind myself that the growing attention, the growing wealth, the growing fame, the growing knowledge of even the things of God can make you, if you're not careful, no longer dependent on him. So when we sing songs like that, I'm saying, God, irrespective of what I have in, or in and around me, irrespective of what people think I have or what I've grown to know, I remind myself, and I hope you do that too, you remind, we remind ourselves of what matters. And in this case, it remains to be Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So tonight, what I'm going to do is speak to you as I believe that the Holy Spirit imparts strength to us again. In case anyone's fire is starting to dwindle, what God wants to do is reignite it. Sometimes it's agitation that takes away your fire. Sometimes it looks like it, it can work on both extremes. Sometimes it can be the growing wealth that also takes your fire. But what God is going to do tonight as I speak to you is reignite a fire in the depths of us all. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Are you with me tonight? So what I believe that God is doing, God is taking us into a realm of his that introduces us to things that may appear new to us but has always been things like wealth before you've ever handled let's say for example a million in your life you believe it doesn't exist but it always existed it takes the access into a certain realm to bring that into realization. And what I believe that God wants to do in these words, like I'm saying to you and like I said to you last week, that I'll use weeks to speak these words to you. What God is doing is he's given us opportunity to delve deeper and deeper, to, to understand, to have our understanding opened. 
to the declaration or the conversation over the COD family right now, which is wealth. Are you here with me? I'm repeating this so that your mind's not elsewhere. I need you to hear me. I realize that core is only known by the one who responds. So when I'm saying, are you here with me? I'm asking you to put everything aside so that we can rediscover God again and again. So what God wants to do with you and I is he has started a conversation this conversation started the moment we grew or became aware of what the nation family is. I was reminded today, and I've quoted this to you many times, as I still speak to you around wealth or wherever. I've said to you before, quoting the day, and every time I mention this, I can't take the image of it out of my mind. Choir, I hope you'll be ready for worship today, because if there's no energy, I'm just going to stop. I promise you, I did warn you. I cannot forget the day when we were in Hilton Bankside, and PT inspired by the Spirit. You know when PT is in preaching mode, when the anointing to preach comes over him. And I remember him standing in my face and saying, as I've quoted to you many times, when I gave you COD, I gave you wealth. You see, when we now call ourselves wealth nation, it seems like something new, but it's always existed. And what now it takes is the enlightening of God's word so that we may begin to see and if we can see, if we can know, we can then therefore begin to respond. What God wants to do, when, again, when I've quoted or when I've made us pray the song, breathe on me, is that God wants to bring us to the place whereby we can now respond to what he is saying. You know, it is not the human effort, it's not man's effort that brings about God's destiny for our lives into fruition it still takes the inner workings of the Holy Spirit and it's from here that I begin this conversation today because what I want you to understand clearly tonight is because wealth has always existed it must mean that God was waiting for something before he showed it to you if for the lack of words, it's not actually the word I want to use, but I'll use this word maybe as the illustration today. What God waits to see in you and I before he gives us what always existed is character. God is the good judge of character. He knows the man's heart. He knows what the heart is saying that the mouth is not saying. He knows the capacity the limitations of the heart. He knows where the heart wanders to. And according to what he sees or measures as the heart's room is what he can give to you. So what God wants to do today is, again, take us deep and deeper into a conversation. This conversation of wealth that he's been trying to have with us, but he's been waiting for the correct or the right character to be able to respond. He wants to take us into this conversation. And 
in this conversation, what I hope to find, you know, I've made a comment to some people in case, and I'll say it here, let me just get this out of the way before I take you into scripture. I said to everyone that you see this wealth nation thing, the way I, I had to describe it was, do you know Rome? You know Italy, right? You know Rome. Then have you ever heard of the Vatican City? The Vatican City is located where? In Italy, right? In Rome, right? But is referred to as a country of its own. Yes, the people probably speak the same language, I'm assuming. But there's been a distinguishing factor in regards to the Vatican in comparison to the rest of Italy. There's a holiness, in quote. Again, this is just an example. There's a holiness bestowed upon the Vatican City that makes them separated amongst the people. Notice that throughout scripture, God kept saying, be thou separate. Come out from among them. What God is always looking for is to separate people from people. When I spoke to you constantly, that harvest in the eyes of God is first separation. Many at times we will take the understanding of harvest as being abundance. Abundance is actually only a side effect or a response to the actual thing and what is the actual thing separation so what God wants to do in the COD family and forgive me for not being political tonight but what God wants to do in the COD family is begin to separate people from people it will be the separation because whenever God wants to use a people he always allows them to be disadvantaged to those around them. Many a times throughout scripture, you would see that those that were favored by God were smaller in number in comparison to the nations surrounding them. You will notice that they were less experienced than those nations surrounding them. Saul was a nation. David was also a nation. But in size and structure, in stature he was small compared to what existed at the time but what we didn't know was that God only brought David and Saul together to actually bring a harvest of separation let me repeat myself are you with me so God actually wants to begin to separate amongst us those who are regarded or who define or who brings about the name called wealth nation because unfortunately it is not everyone you see most at times religion crippled us so much that we had to wait we waited for God to respond we waited for God to do something you know people are waiting for a financial um, uplifting and they're waiting for God to just make something happen and I had to speak to one of your brothers today I said it takes diligence it takes you not waiting for God to do and for you to advance into the thing that God actually wants you to advance into. You don't understand what I'm saying by that. It is not with age that we become wealthier. It's the moment when self-determination enters by reason of God's word. And we say that it is impossible 
for us not to live in a certain way. So I was saying to one of the brothers, I can't remember who I said it to now, but I was saying to them, I think it was Pastor Ben, look, take this however you want to take it or whoever ends up listening to this. I strongly believe that COD is meant to be the biggest givers in the nation. Strongly. It may sound illogical to you. It may sound very hopeful to you. What I'm coming to speak here is not Pastor Obi's opinions. You would see me wait and sit, waiting for the inspiration of the Holy Spirit before I speak with knowledge that I will have to give account, not only to God when we eventually see him, because that's what makes people speak aimlessly, because who can account when they gave account, when they accounted to God? No. How would Paris know when God holds me accountable? Or when I have to give an account to God. No, you will first have to give account to God through the people around you. Meaning, if Pastor Obi says something, time will tell if what I'm saying happened to me or not. If we believe that we're meant to be the financial pillar, the words we say, who held Abraham accountable in his day when he says, call me the father of nations? What will happen is that time will tell if what he was, if what Abraham was saying was out of zeal or if it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. So now God wants to take us into harvest time. And you know, harvest, the Bible says that as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will not cease. Meaning that there could be a harvest for the year 2022. That will not be the end harvest. There will still be many harvests. But for this time, I said on closing the word last week, I said to some people who I was sat here speaking that I was quite political with you last week. When I made mention that God wants to do something. And I said, look. I accounted, you would think that when I was speaking, I'm going all over the place or I'm using random examples. But one example that I gave, and maybe tonight I'll be freer to say these things. One of the examples I gave you when speaking to you about the custodians of wealth, I said to you that when money gets introduced, that's when we saw the separation of the nation. People came. In fact, I think me and Pastor Indili were having this conversation. People came in the revival stage of the nation family, of SPAC nation. Days in Lancaster House and Avermouth. When PT were walking, it was just worship. Then he comes to lead worship. Maybe there'll be one announcement, but then it'll be word. Then there'll be people who will come to the altar repenting. I was one of them. Imagine me and Pastor Enrique one day looking at ourselves thinking um, youth revival are going to look at us as sinners but we knew that if we don't enter this this core we will not be found tomorrow what I'm trying to say is that many people I had friends that I entered the nation with who accepted a time like that but imagine that was still the foundations that was still elementary to what God wanted to entrust into a man you know, the Bible speaks of the kingdom of God as a man who gave his wealth and entrusted it to his servants. The kingdom of God is the entrustment of wealth. Are you here with me? It's the entrustment of wealth, the entrusting 
of wealth. So what happened was that God gathered through revival the whole SPAC nation and we grew in such a short time. You remember when we went to Ashburnham, for those of you that came, from Ashburnham to Avonmouth to Canary Wharf and we kept going until it was at Hilton Bankside and then we kept going. But you see what I want you to pay attention to was the fact that all of a sudden, I remember when PT was still doing giving and, you know, in case you don't remember, we used to take offering every service. Do you remember? It seems so far away. It, in fact, it doesn't even sound believable. But what was happening, God was beginning to pass his trust or he was attempting to trust the nation family. Now wealth comes, or whatever we call wealth. The nation looks at the nation family, spat nation, and considers them wealthy. And all of a sudden, like I was saying last week, that God says where the gold in this land is good. Him saying wherever there is regular economic interaction... For the sake of God, wherever there's an economy of money being passed between people, he says that that land is good. But you see, when that happened in the nation, I want you to look at the reflection of what God is saying in the spirit and how it actually pans out physically. You would think that when wealth is increasing, that's what's going to draw people. When wealth is increasing, it separates. When God wants to take a nation... It can be 12 spies. It can be 12 representatives. But it may drop to two. Because God does not save with many. What God saves is with people that are like-minded. People who see like he sees. People who speaks like he speaks. And therefore moves like he is moving. This is what pushes God to take Look at a Christabel and say that this is someone that I will use in Wealth Nation. But so that I don't go ahead of myself, because these are conversations that we have to have over time. So again, what God wants to do is put a spirit, revive in us a spirit that will allow the response to what God is saying. Please don't ever forget the scriptures that we have been quoting over and over again. Scriptures like the Bible says, in the measure that you hear, that is, in the measure that you study godly wisdom, spiritual truth, sorry, in the measure that you study spiritual truth and apply godly wisdom, it will be given to you the ability to respond. Please do not forget these words. If God places an emphasis on these words in a season it's for our good that he wants to know he wants you to know that you will begin to respond accordingly not in the measure of your own strength but in in accordance to how well you understand how much you hear so imagine i'm thinking to myself how sunday comes and i have to close service and of course I wouldn't have known that I was going to close service and as I'm seated there I'm in the congregation let me call it of the great or the greats 
of the nation family, all in that room. And then on that seat, I come and I'm saying COD, and I said COD is also known as Wealth Nation. I'm just speaking to you today, but you'll pick up some, certain things. I say that COD is Wealth Nation. Now, seated there, I was thinking to myself, this is flesh and spirit warring with each other. I realize that it's going to take a great deal of courage, reverential fear, to be able to walk in line of what you believe God is saying. You can be intimidated by what surrounds you, but it will take, again, reverential fear and a, and a whole deal, a great deal of courage. It will take boldness for you to declare what God is saying so that I can take my time with this. Think about Abraham for years with all his wealth not being able to produce child. But one day, everyone that has watched him, listen to what I'm just about to say to you. Everyone is watching him. And one day, Abraham comes out and says, when you see me now, call me father of nations. That's what Abraham means. You do know that. He says, when you see me, call me father of nations. It's illogical for him to say that, right? Because by this time, not only has he greatly aged, but his wife has gone past what is logical. She cannot give birth as expected of a woman. Now conditions, for example, age, menopause, she shouldn't even be able to conceive and give birth. But even after that, the inspiration of God, the, mobilize, the mobilizing spirit of God moves Abraham or Abraham to tell everyone to call him the father of nations. Until he does that, he will not bear a child. Illogical as it seems. Pastor Obi sitting in front of people whose reputation serves best as being wealth nation. We have a post nation, for example, and praise God for that family. Praise God that we are part of it. But there's a reputation that follows, meaning they have done X amount of deals. They have raised X amount of money. And you see, it seems illogical of Apostle Obi to speak and say that COD is wealth nation in the faces of those who hold a better reputation. Not only that, I call wealth nation the house of the kids, the children, church, illogical as it seems. But you see, it's illogical, but I want you to know it is God for you to speak things that be not as though they were. It's godliness. It's the inspiration of the spirit. It's the bearing witness. It's the witness that is the, the witness that, that is within me that says speak this. Because until you are mobilized to tell the people who see you as not, to call you what you believe you are, you will not see it. So for me, it's before the nations without reputation like Abraham. Abraham 
Look, he doesn't have a son to show that there's even ability. You know, I can imagine people looking at Abraham, not only his wife, but before Ishmael came. I can imagine people looking at Abraham thinking that Abraham is not fertile. Years of trying and unable to give child. What I'm trying to show you with this illustration is that God does not need a reputation that people can note down to call you something. It takes the mobilization of the spirit within you to call yourself because who would hold Abraham accountable to the fact that he comes out one day saying that God told him. We didn't see the God that told him. All we have is an Abraham who against all odds, and I can imagine the courage he needed. I can imagine the amount of shame he had to overcome within himself to speak it. Going to his neighbors, going to his friends, going to even his servants. You know, the pain of seeing people you think that are not even in the class that you're in, producing before you produce. He housed families without having a family. Yet God said, speak it and make sure the people who had every reason to mock you has heard you that you have said that they should call you it. Until then, you will not be the father of many nations. Again, it's godly. Let's go to Romans 4 quickly. Let me run through some scriptures. Speak to you as God imparts in us. Let me tell you something. Look, as we begin to grow, age, age not just being the years of our lives that we've lived, but age being you're now handling certain levels of finances you're becoming known you're growing in the knowledge of your career or whatever it is you're about to do it is important that we honor moments like this wherever however far you go in life if you if people like it will happen if leaders of communities of cities, of countries, of businesses. If someone goes out far to work, in order to have strength for a new day, he must always return home. It's home. It's at home that you sleep, right? It's usually at home that you prepare yourself for the next day. So it doesn't matter how far we go. Because I think we're entering that season now. We must take up the due diligence of returning to these moments. So that we keep the power and the fire of God burning. From where everything we see outside of us comes. Now let's read Romans chapter 4. You can read from verse 1. I think it's a good chapter. What then shall we say? that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, discovered in this matter. Mm -hmm. If, in fact, Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. What does Scripture say? 
Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift, but as an, an obligation. However, to the one who does not work, but trusts God, who justifies the ungodly, their faith is credited as righteousness. David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the one to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. I've spoken to you this scripture before. Do you remember what I spoke to you? The fact that David was the one that wrote this. He said, blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Nowhere in scripture does it say that God said it himself. David said it. I, I want you to hear me tonight, but carry on, go on from blessed, where you are. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. Is this blessedness only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? We have been saying that Abraham's faith was credited to him, credited to him as righteousness. We, we have been saying that Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. Right standing with God. Right positioning. Like we've said before, someone like a Jeremiah was on his way to becoming a priest when God needed him to be a prophet. Right standing with God was his prophetic office. So you see, the faith of a man allows God to credit to a man right positioning. One day God says something to a man that no other person can bear witness to at first or can hold that person. For example, if an Afalabi comes to me saying that, I'm going to be a millionaire. It's just a simple example, yeah? If he says he's going to be a millionaire, that God told him, we can't hold him accountable. But what will happen is that if God really told him, one of the things is that his actions will begin to move like it. Everything that surrounds him will begin to move like what God is saying. Not only that, eventually over time, it's like when Pastor Toby has quoted to us just recently, he said to a friend one day, stick with me, we're going to be very big. How can you hold him accountable to that? In fact, the reputation up to then was that you're not born in this country. We have not seen you do the greatest thing yet. In fact, you almost look like every other church. But PT began to evolve into what he was saying. You know what I want you to hear me with? If you see your leader, you know what I realized about seasons and identifying seasons? It's, it's not first what you hear, it's what you see. And let me explain that. Whatever you see your leader starting to progressively enter into is to tell you what's available for the whole family. I thought of scriptures like when the Bible says, Jesus Christ said, I am the resurrection and the life. And it's often said of him that he is the firstborn of the dead right you know what amazes me it means that in Christ we can tell what we are to be in leadership you can tell what you are to be 
So as we see Pastor Toby entering into certain seasons, we start to know what we should enter. But it's only for those who are well connected. But that was a side comment, not for today. Carry on reading. Go on. Under what circumstances was it credited? Was it after he was circumcised or before? It was not after, but before. And he received circumcision as a sign, a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. Read verse 10 again. It will be something I'll touch on today, but speak again later another day. Go on. Under what circumstances was it credited? Under what state, under what circumstances did God move him to being in his right position? Was it before? Was it after he was circumcised? Uh, was it after he was circumcised? You know why I like that the Bible spoke first of after? Because most times we think that something has to happen to you before God's willing to move you. Sometimes, and this is why I'm going to say for where I'm going, because this is still not my scripture. Sometimes it will have to be, we must be able to account, in quote, a holy moment. Circumcision at that time was a way of declaring yourself to God. Please follow me. It was a way of showing, it was, it was a covenant to show that you belong to God, that you served God. So scripture says, was it after he was circumcised? Because men will think, especially the religious, will think that there must be a holy encounter that first allows God to move you to where you need to go. It says, was it before there was a holy encounter? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Look at what Paul then responded. You know, Paul was one of the greatest yeah, preachers because he knew how to use what was given to him. I'll explain what I mean by that. Go on. It was not after, but before. Before one was declared to God, he was credited or it was credited, credited to him as righteousness. Please don't forget that verse and what I've said concerning it. Verse 11, go on. And he received circumcision as a sign, a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. So holiness, circumcision, was then to only serve as a sign of what has already happened. So you cannot be before you've become. He says a seal of righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised you'll be amazed that the new you know when i've been speaking to you i've said it to you before that the revival cannot be without the secular world you know i've been saying that for years we've spoken words from periscope i've been saying it and more god will be showing how in the advancement of the world god is able to use that which is considered pagan he can use it for revival but carry on reading. Go on verse 11 again. And he received circumcision as a sign, yeah. a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. Then what? So then he is the father of all who believe but have not been circumcised. So then he is the father of all who believe. Do you remember what God's eternal, what Christ's eternal name is? Yeah. Do you remember? In the beginning was the word. The word of God. You know, have you ever wondered, like I said to you last week, how people...
people in the world can be practicing godly wisdom and principles. You'll be thinking, I don't see you in church. But the more you're open to the word, the more you'll realize that they are actually following the word. You know, God from the beginning has been speaking the gospel. It being that he would justify who? The Gentiles. No, it's not that they will be now made Jews before he justifies them. In their Gentile state, he justifies them. Scripture now begins, begins to tell us what made God move and justify them. Do you know what justified them? Their belief system. There were men that rose in generations who believed something. The eternal name of Christ is the word of God. The word of God simply means the word that man has not yet discovered. You know, we have not yet seen the shape and the form of God, right? But everything we see in this world, we have seen the shape. We have seen the form. What I'm trying to say to you is that the man that discovered light heard the word of God spoken to him. Because it was that which was invisible made visible. So men started to walk and God started to justify them. And do you know what became their crown? What became the crown of the wise? As stated in Proverbs, wealth. Let's not go ahead of myself, but carry on. Verse 11 again. And he received circumcision as a sign, yeah. a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith mm -hmm. while he was still uncircumcised. So then he is the father of all who believe but have not been circumcised in order that the righteousness might be credited to them. Amazing. Abraham was someone who was with his family. Then whatever the encounter of God would be in the life of Abraham at the time resulted in him journeying resulted in him wandering resulted in him almost becoming a free spirit discovering how do we know that he was a man discovering something or trying to discover something the bible says that abraham was looking forward for the city like pt said to us who was looking for the city that was not made by human hands. Now, I need you to think about all the things I'm saying to you. We did not see the frame of God. And the Bible does not account to us that, the that someone else saw the frame of God visit Abraham. But Abraham saw God. Whatever he saw in him or whatever word he received was so powerful that it activated vision. He began to see where he was going, even though he could not see a form. And the how, how am I trying to say this to you? Okay, let me go. Let me say it like this. Maybe you hear me this way. His movement proved that he had encountered God. His move. His family was moving in one direction. Then God was who he encountered, but no one else can bear witness to it. But what was going to serve as a witness that he encountered God was how he now began to move. He journeyed. He separated from the journey of his parents, his family, and started to go in a certain direction. Carry on reading. When we get there, you get there. Go on. 
And he is then also the father of the circumcised, who not only are circumcised, but who also follow in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had. He also, they, he, he, he becomes the father of those who follow this same move. Moving out of what is common into what is not yet discovered. Follow in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. Go on. It was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring... Jump to verse 16. Therefore, the promise comes by faith, yeah. so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring. Okay. Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. So do you remember who Abraham's offspring are? Yeah, we've spoken about this before. All those who are in faith. The Bible says, and Paul was the one that later said it, that not all who are descendants of Israel are Israel. But it says those who are of faith. Those who are of this like precious faith. Those who are like, meaning they move like Abraham. How do you identify those who are God's offspring? They are always trying to discover something new. They move out of the norm into what is strange. And in their movement, God adds to them to justify their journey being sanctioned by God. So he says, therefore, the promise comes by faith. Yeah. So that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring. Go on. Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. Now, as it is written, go on. I have made you a father of many nations. Yeah. He is our father in the sight of God. How did God make Abraham a father of many nations? When Abraham was still alive, he didn't have nations. Which means it's not first what you see that makes you what you are. Is what was said to you. When did God make Abraham a father of many nations? Now we know he's a father of many nations. But Abraham is long gone. So what made him? Because this, I have made you a father of many nations, was what God said to Abraham. When was he made? When Abraham heard and responded to the word. Are you sure you're here with me? When Abraham heard it and then began to respond to it was when God made him the father of many nations. Hence why God can say to him, call yourself Abraham. He is our father in the sight of God. Yeah. In whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations yeah just as it had been said to him so shall you see when he became the father of many nations so you hear what i'm saying to you he became the father of many nations when he believed you know i become wealthy the moment i hear the message of wealth and i believe it you see you can't really gauge belief until someone has to even though they don't have it yet against all hope against all odds against what was seen Abraham in hope believed and so became as 
a receipt of his belief, as a receipt of his faith, he became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Now look at this. That means for us to become, it's not when your business starts doing 100K. It's when a pastor Elihim to the apartments can say, we are at 100K. That's when you become. Do you know why people never become? They speak things that they still don't believe. And God is the one that measures your heart. The things that your heart don't say, that your mouth may be saying. He can hear what your heart is saying. He was able to hear words of blood that man could not hear. Meaning, what makes you up is what he's hearing. God, so, you know, sometimes, how do you know someone don't believe? So, imagine I'm preparing for the word and I'm asking God certain things. And then, at the point when I'm about to repeat something, God reminds me of the scripture that, do not repeat, do not become a repetitive person as those who are Gentiles, unbelievers. PT said that the fact that you're repeating something shows that you didn't believe it the first time you asked. So, you become at the moment you finally hear and at the moment you finally believe but you see this belief yeah it's not just saying i believe it's how you move as a response to what you hear your actions is what shows your belief system anyone who believes will do we've seen that scripture we've read that scripture believing is not how much you talk it's the action you display following so I can be at peace concerning certain things because the things I see, I'm not, oh, my, my future are not dependent on what I've seen or what I'm seeing is dependent on what I've heard and I've chosen to believe. So he is the father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Keep reading. Let's keep going actually. Just as it has been said to him, so shall your offspring be. So what I'm trying to say to you is, as we can now hold the account around Abraham's life that he chose to believe what he could not see. And everything happened even beyond what he could have expected. God then goes on to say, so shall it be for your offspring. For COD, so shall it be for those. So you see the reason why I've said to you that you see when we come to wealth nation, it can't be everyone. Because someone will be so taken by what they can see physically that they are not hearing what God is saying. And because, you know, sometimes what you see is what causes you to stumble. You know, what was the first thing that caused men to stumble? It, the Bible says, and she saw that the fruit was good. It was in her sight. What she now, imagine that fruit was always there, but now she finally saw it. She can now see it and that caused the stumbling of man. So you see what God needs you to move. God needs you to move of what he's saying to the inner man, irrespective of how things look. So again, I repeat to you, I know that COD is meant to be the biggest givers. I know that it's in our nature that we are wealth nation. And I get that physically you may not see everything because you're still trying to make things happen with the little in your hands. But God says that, look, your, what, however you move from here will show. 
and will be the account will be what people can hold you accountable to they will see the wealth so people will not see cod coming but all of a sudden cod will begin to occupy spaces that they thought we couldn't occupy they will see us take this occupy the space of givers you know the phoebes will be best known in cod are you hearing what i'm saying to you because god has spoken it to you listen if it was said to any other family and you know i'm not bringing any division if it was said to any other family a family would have said it you can only say you remember i said to you it can only be what has entered your heart that you will say so yeah i'm there and i'm my flesh is trying to stop me you know you know when you're shy to do something and your flesh is trying to stop you but you know inside of you there's a conversation going that this is wealth nation but again why i said it will be some people is because you see that conversation of wealth the crown of the wise it's only given to those who seek pursue whose actions are looking for that thing you see what I'm, when we come to the topic of wealth speaking to one of your brothers today told me something that annoyed me so much and I'm just looking at him because you see when it comes to wealth it's not being hopeful it's being intentional you know like everything from here has to be intentional to read the way you move what you say everything has to be intentional because it's supposed to serve as the witness to what you believe God has said to you so I can tell someone who's entering a walk of wealth because the first thing that wealth will begin to do with you is deal with your mind. It will begin to deal with your inner being. That's what I said to you earlier, your character. I've said it and I don't care how anybody takes it. You see, let me tell you something. You cannot not be a people's person and expect wealth to be in your hands. If you have a countenance that is not accommodating, I'll show you a scripture because, you know, when I'm saying it, maybe because I'm not the most eloquent, well, I should even stop saying that bullshit. You know, sometimes, forgive me. <laughs> you, you know, sometimes because it comes out of the frame of a person, you forget the inspiration of the spirit that said it. But we'll get there later. Let me not even go ahead of myself. So he says, so shall your offspring be. Isaiah was saying this from time ago so shall your offspring be so when you look at the nation how did we advance the way we how did we get to the place that we're at now we just couldn't stop moving we believed something that god said that we could not yet see and what was going to be the evidence of what we heard god say to us the way we move so we give as millionaires before we've seen the millions then guess what happens you have billions because God will add to you not only seed but a harvest. Let's go to Acts 17. Let me show you something. Because in this generation and age, in fact, before we go there, Romans 1, actually. You know, interesting scripture, and it's easy for us to go past it. Romans chapter 1. Let's go to verse 5. <laughs> Remy Olushoga and Grace like to disturb me with this scripture. But let's read it. Go on. Through him, we received grace and apostleship. <laughs> Through him, we received 
grace and apostleship, yeah, to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. Repeat that once more again. Through him, we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. Now go to Acts 17. Through him, we received grace. What also did we receive? Apostleship. Do you know what apostles are noted for? There's a common way. Then they receive a word that they can see that others can't see. Do you remember the call of Paul? How it was in the midst of a bright light and a thunder that he saw and heard Christ. The people around him didn't hear it. What they heard was a loud noise. And they tried to say it may be the voice of an angel. But the, they were not able to define what was happening in that moment. So do you know what happened? Paul, who was going a common way, he encounters God. And the evidence that he encounters God is the way he now moves. The way and the direction he now moves. Most of you, to show you that you have received grace and apostleship, don't forget that I showed you the scripture that it was credited before Abraham was circumcised. So all God saw in you was a unique belief system that made him credit to you righteousness. It was going to be your faith that made him put you in a right position. So we had all kinds of flaws before... Well, we had all kinds of flaws and before they were dealt with, God put us in the position of pastors because of our belief system. There was something we believed. You know your sin is not something you believe in. It's something that you're fighting with, like you hate it, your flaws, your mistakes. But you see, there's a faith that I believe that most of you hearing me and that is in this room, or we, that was what is common between us. Irrespective of where we're coming from, we just believed something even if we couldn't fully see it now again don't forget that how we mark the call of God in someone's life is the way they move and the direction of it the direction simply being that if the common way is this way at some point they're just going to go a different way there's no reputation of where they're going being good they're just going to journey remember Abraham at the call of God he's just going to journey Israel who was going to be his nation they're just going to journey they're just going to go in a way in fact the scripture even goes on to say and I know it's because God didn't want them to return quickly but scripture still had to say that there was a normal way to the land and God still had to take them a different way evidence that God is calling them now look at Acts chapter 17 I want you to jump to verse 15 No, keep going. Verse 16, read from there. Yeah, read from verse 16. While Paul was waiting for I will them, need you to read this part quick though because there's key words I need us to see here. Go on. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. Yeah. So he reasoned in the synagogue with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. Mm. A group of... Ep ep 
Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to debate with him. That's why I didn't attempt to read it. <laughs> I set you up. I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> Go on. S some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Wait, please take note. Paul was put yeah. in the midst of very logical people. These were philosophers, wise men. They had theories that they were able to prove. They were scientific. They were proven. They, they led the direction of a people. And we know that the Greek were really known for their knowledge. Do you understand? We know that a lot of the things we see in the world came from their philosophies, right? Now, God somehow puts a man of the spirit. You know, the Bible describes the man of the spirit as a madman. You know that. I think I showed it to one of you guys before. The, the Bible says that the prophet, the spiritual man, is a madman. Because when put in the midst of logical, in quote, people, their ways just seem to oppose what seems normal. Now, keep that noted. Carry on. Others remarked, he seems... No, no, some of them asked what? What is this babbler trying to say? You see, the spiritual man will be saying things that if you're not careful, the people around won't understand on the basis that they believe they already have knowledge. And the person speaking, therefore, must be saying what is, not, what is nonsense because it does not agree with their knowledge. Again, look at what these group, the group of these people said, these philosophers. It says, what is this babbler trying to say? And who were they referring to? Paul. Remember that Paul was also, um, where was he coming from? He was also, what's the name of these people? Um, um, these religious people. Pharisees, you know, you can't just assume that office. You know, you had to go through a certain school. You know, you mainly had to be of the brightest of that city. But now he becomes a babbler by reason of the spirit trying to communicate what's new. Others remarked, go on. He seems to be advocating foreign gods. Yeah. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. <laughs> okay, let's just carry on. Go on. Then they took him and brought him to a meeting of the Arapagus, <laughs> where they had said to him, <laughs> Go on. <laughs> May we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting. You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears. What Paul was saying was strange. Paul came to a city that is that is put together by reason and was saying something that is beyond reason. How does a man die and resurrect? It's stupid in that time. It's unbelievable. But the man of the spirit speaks things that others may not begin to account, but their movement will prove it. Look at what he says. You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears. Go on. And we would like to know what they mean. Yeah. All the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. Look at now. So look, the people that were logical, were those considered religious? 
Apostles then stood up in the meeting and said, people of Athens, I now see that in every single way you are very religious. Then he begins to state to them things that you can then use to mark if someone is very religious. Look at the first thing he says, verse 23. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship. What makes you religious? You are ignorant of the one you're worshiping. You know the church, it is by the revelations we have been receiving from God's man, God's apostle, Pastor Toby, that we now re realize that the church has been very ignorant. They say things without understanding. They create altars and they inscribe on it to the unknown God and they are satisfied with that. He says, so you are ignorant of the very thing you worship. And Go on. And this is what I'm going to proclaim now to you. Now I'm going to make known to you the God that you refer to as unknown, but I'm going to show you the real God. Now look at what he says. You'll be thinking, where am I going with this? Just follow me. Go on, verse 24. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. Yeah. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. First of, the thing, first of all, what you need to know is that the God that I serve, he gives life. You know the reference of give life means that there's something there but it's dead. Yeah? So for example, if I said we are wealth nation because we're already sitting on a hundred billion, it won't mean nothing to you. Yeah? But there's a body. There's something that God has prepared for COD, for the nation family. Now, the God that we worship, he gives life to it. How does God give life to man? He breathes upon them. He speaks his word to them. Look at what he goes on to say. Go on. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. So when I say wealth nations may not be everyone, it only takes one person. One person presented to God and God can make everything out of that one. But carry on reading. We're still going somewhere. Go on. And he marked out their appointed times in history mm. and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. This is my main scripture today. Please repeat it for me. For in him we live and move and have our being. He says, for in him we live and move and have our being but it's in him. You know, when I said to you that it doesn't matter how far we go, doesn't even matter how talented you, you can be doing one take, you can be doing all kinds of business, your life is found in fellowship. It's in him we live and move and find or have our being. But look at what he says next. This is what's interesting to me. Go on. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Pause, 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 pause. You know, when word comes to you, sit with it and study. If not, you'll miss 
messages that are not, you know, all, so, all this time I've been trying to tell you that God can speak in the midst of people to a person. Yeah? You see, all of us, we're reading the Bible. All of us has heard, for in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. You see, to the heart that's ready to hear, they've heard something else. Shall I tell you one of the things I've heard? God moves a man to a place. How would I say this now? Okay, first of all, let me, so that you don't think what I'm saying is my own opinion. Did you notice that he says, as some of your own poets have said? You know, he was not just ref, um, referring to when he says, we are his offspring. He was referring to, for in him we live and move and have our being. What am I trying to share with you? This saying, for in him we live and move and have our being, was not inspired by the Spirit. It was what poets in that time used to say. Okay, do you know what poets were in that time? Worshippers. Let me explain further. This line, for in him we live and move and have our being, was what was said in the worship of Zeus. This is not, go and check, your Bible even says it. It was what was used to worship Zeus. Do you know why I'm highlighting or emphasizing on this point? For in him we have received grace and apostleship to go in a different direction. Do you know why Paul was so powerful? He moved, moved, and moved until whatever was considered a tool was used for God. Remember that it was Paul that told us that it says, so shall it be with, and he says, so as your offspring, we read that. Don't also forget that he was the one that wrote Romans and all these scriptures. And now we're paying attention to what happened to him. What I'm trying to say to you here was, we can look at this scripture and begin to say, can a man of God use that which is considered unholy and pagan for his good? Romans 8 verse 28. You know where I want us to get into the word? There are different stages of the word. The first stage is you hear what is audibly being said or what is written. Eventually, you begin to hear the man saying it. So, you know, before we've been reading letters, but the more you keep listening to the word, the more you begin to hear the person. So for you to hear everything, hear what the person says. Romans 8 verse 28, what does it say? We know that in all, not just in holy things, we know that in all things, what? God works for the good of those who love God works for the good of those who love him. Do you remember that David went and ate the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat? Why was he not struck? He came as an apostle of his time to set a new standard of kingship. There was kings before. The first standard of what, when God gave man saw, or when God, yeah, when God gave Israel the king saw, he was trying to show them the kind of king they can produce. 
when God gave them David, he showed them the type of men he can give them. You see the man that God usually gives, they don't have the reputation you would expect for the role. They are, Davids are not as tall as Saul's. They don't wear the armies, the armor of Saul's. But there's something that they kept up, which is called in him, fellowship. They kept fellowship and what happens as a result of that is that the way they move. So for David, he will not go through the conventional way. He will not go and take a sword. He will go and move a different way. He will take a sling. And through that sling, he would take down what the sword could not take down. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So when we go back to that scripture, you know, have you heard? It's like me asking you, is it lawful for us to eat food? That is sacrificed to idols. Yes or no? You see, why is good for scripture here? Why we have to keep speaking scripture? First Corinthians 8, Paul addressed the matter. It was God that set the standard that you should not eat meat that has been sacrificed to idols. It was Paul who came and said, you can eat it if it doesn't bother your conscience. You don't understand what I'm trying to say to you. We have received the grace, the apostleship, the office to take even what is unlawful and use it for God's good. As far as it's recognized with us that we love him. In our generation, guess what's the unlawful tool? Mammon. Mammon was what brought down many people but for those who love him, they can take a jawbone of the donkey. You know, you're not meant to touch things that were dead. But God allowed a man to defy his own law. To be able to bring victory to Israel. Because he was in fellowship with God. The kind of move we are entering into is the move that whatever tool is available to preach the gospel... We will use it. So Paul boldly stood amongst logical men and had studied their culture so much that he used the words that they used to use in their own temple to worship Zeus. He used it to worship God. From that moment onwards, most people did not even know that that verse was not inspired by the Spirit. It was a pagan tool used to worship God. Go back to Acts 17, verse 28. For in him we live and move and have our being. So for in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, yeah? We are his offspring. Now therefore, since we are God's offspring, yeah? we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone. An image made by human design and skill. Meaning, you should not account to God. You know when he says you are not, the, the, the divine being is like gold. Is, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver. You know gold, as precious as it is, can do absolutely nothing without human effort. To make it seem like it's alive, man has to move it, shape it. Or make it something. So you will understand why God had to strike. Was it a priest or somebody who tried to save the Ark of the Covenant when it was falling? 
Because then, at that moment, man was becoming God over God. Because it's in him we live. It is in him we move. It is in him we have our being. So what am I simply trying to say to you? One of the points I'm trying to make to you tonight is this. God is calling us or has said already. It's from before we even realized, PT said to us, when I gave you COD, I gave you wealth. A conversation God has been having with us ever since. Now, it took the constant movement. We kept moving. We didn't even understand fully what COD is. To go and mobilize people, we did not even know fully how to do it. Imagine that God didn't give us businesses at first and we were still giving like those who have businesses. We didn't even know how we'll create finances. Guess how we've got to a place whereby we can be bringing X amount. We just kept moving. We kept moving at the, at the direction of what God was saying to us. Yes, others. So, you know, people come around us and say, oh, you're rich. You have money. For some people, they give out of their abundance. In order for us to, to testify of what we know God is saying in our hearts. Sometimes we give and make, and at the end of our giving, we have only like 1K to deal with the whole of COD. Imagine 1K. But how we move make people start to call us wealthy please hear what i'm saying to you so it's you know if i say to you now start giving at this level it's because what i'm trying to do is to have not only us but people around you call you what you're meant to be because it takes people speaking what you are for you to become it how do you know that people told you you couldn't do for years of your life and guess what you couldn't do because the power is in the fruit of the lips so now what God then goes on to tell us is that now because we have received apostleship and grace in our generation how would you know the apostle or the one with grace he will take what is profane in a generation and use it to worship God so imagine it took a lot of trying to, a lot of moments of holding a mic and speaking, 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 and no one will pay attention. So PT, like Paul, would take, study what is esteemed highly to them and use that to glorify God. So there's a display of wealth in the nation. The religious person will see that as profane, as unholy. But the man that the apostleship has been given to will take even what is unholy to bring about a great victory. This is our core, guys. Why are we called Wealth Nation? All the times I've been saying to you that we are the future of church. God has been trying to bring us to the maturity that he can give us the main tool to bring about that victory. If we're going to bring real revival, if people are going to look at us and feel to follow. So imagine today I was thinking, that one of the accounts for Josh, Josh is one of the main soldiers and pastors of COD. I can say that boldly. Anyone can take that as they want to take it. But Josh is one of the main ones, yeah? Meaning that if it wasn't for what... And this is the story I want to say about some people. And, you know, I said to some people, this is what I wanted to say. So actually, this was a side comment. I said, look, don't feel uncomfortable, yeah, when someone's being praised beside you. Fight in your corner until you're seen as simple fight in your corner 
Pastor Toby showed us that template. All his friends in ministry at the time he was growing had guest speakers. They were traveling. It looked like he was unseen. He was in leaking, room, um, leaking rooms where roofs were, um, yeah, were leaking. He was in places that people like Pac would be saying that there was mice there, right? But he stuck with what God was telling him. He was fighting in his own corner until everyone started to look for that corner. He was fighting. PT never did an evangelism campaign for most of us to come. We, in quotes, broke open the roof to meet him. So what do you do if you feel like you're not bringing the results you expect to bring? If Pastor Obi turns out and says, okay, these are the people in Wealth Nation and your name is not there. How do you deal with it? Fight. Fight in your corner until you're seen. So you see that what God is doing with us is he's preparing. God wants to bring us to a place of the realization of this wealth. But he wants us to understand. So look, I, I said to someone today, I'm glad you're happy. Someone was saying to me, close to me, saying that oh, I love your Insta page and all of these things. Look, the Insta page, yeah, is more celebration. Like, it's more joy to Paris, Pasola, and them than it is for me. I couldn't care less. Before they uploaded, I just decided to log out of Instagram. It was just too noisy for me. I just logged out of it. What I'm trying to say with this is I just wanted to use the opportunity to get onto them. But <laughs> God, you know, that's made me forget what I was going to say now. See, it's my fault. But with wealth, this is what God is saying. With wealth, God wants us to understand it's more. If I go and spend on a Pastor Ashley for a birthday, I go and get her a car for a birthday. What God says to me and he wants me to say to you, it's beyond feeling good and looking good. It's understanding that it's a tool. And the only way that you understand that it's a tool is understanding that you do not live in the material that men use to make idols. I said to someone the other day that mammon was man-created. You don't take gold and live in gold. God says he's not like that. You should not liken him. He says in him we live. What is the only thing living? His word. How does one book bring relative word in every generation unless it's alive so God says it's in him we realize that it's us in this word and look it's not you first understanding it's you first living let me explain that it's not you first understanding everything pastor Toby or pastor Obi is saying it's you living in it first if you live in it you move and then what does the bible say after you have your being you become who you're meant to be. So if I had time today, I would have taken you to the second part. When you start to see what I was saying to you earlier, character. What makes, in fact, let's close with the scripture. It's random, but let's close with it. I feel like I have to say this so that you don't miss this. Second Chronicles chapter 1. Choir, I want you to get ready for us to worship. I really do want to worship today, though. Again, just going off points. The call of God and what God says to you, God is not looking for you to have 
to be in favorable circumstances before he speaks a word over you. He speaks a word and if you really did encounter God's word, if you really did encounter the person of God, you will just move. We will see if that was God by the way you move. Again, I'm not also saying someone with their own zeal should try and move. No, as we're in the word, there's a direction that the word gives us and we begin to move in that direction. So I've said to some people, I said to one of your brothers, tell me what your day consists of. Because long ago I've told him, your instruction from me was focus on invisible capital. Focus there. And there will be days that I won't hear or there will be moments I won't hear. And I'm thinking, no, you're not hearing instruction because someone would then think when we start closing our eyes to worship, we think that we're offering God a worship. I said to you, it is what God is saying you should do in a time. That's your worship. So Apostle Enrique leading his house and saying, we need to make this system called train and family something. That's his worship. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? A Aussie who just believes that there's a core in worship, you know, Livingstone community, help him with the structure and all of these things. She just believes and whatever is asked of her, she's just going to give. That's your worship. So your worship is what's in front of you to do. You bypass that for prayer. Even your prayer won't be answered because prayer is only to strengthen you to do. Guess what was Daniel's worship? Servant King Nebuchadnezzar. His prayer was only for strength. So now, one of the characters that keeps us wealthy, how do we grow in wealth when God begins to call us wealth nation? How do you grow? By thinking of becoming a businessman straight away. No. I taught you this for weeks. That money is only meant to be a consequence of something else. Do you remember? What is money meant to be? It's meant to be a receipt, a reward of you serving your neighbor. PT spoke to us and that's my duty to remind you. Service providers, if he could, would be what everyone is doing. So the goal of every business is to eventually, how can I serve my community, my generation with this? I told you the only way to bless your generation is with a system. So I spoke to one of my brothers and I said, look, we can do this hustling thing. But you see, without a system, we will miss it. It's a system because that's the only way you bless. Hustling is self-centered. There's only so much you can do with it. The ability to even hustle and make money available was for a time. It's now translated into building a system. And yes, building a system may take time. But it's the service of God. What was Noah doing in his time? The ark was a system for continuity of mankind in this earth. It was a system. How do you continue man? So how do we do this? It's not being a business. Help his house is not trying to become a business center. But they will do business. I've been saying this from when we had the City of David service in that penthouse when, when I wore the Dior top and down. Yeah. Do you remember that I said to you, it was a word that PT had preached that I was just re-preaching. He said that David was not first a warrior. He was a shepherd. And because he was shepherding, he became a warrior. 
And God says, because you're a warrior, because you're shepherding, I will make you a king. So look at this. Why did Solomon become wealthy? Read from verse 11. No, read from verse 7. And we close with this. Go on. That night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered God, You have shown great kindness to David my father yeah. and have made me king in his place. Now, Lord God, let your promise to my father David be confirmed. For you have made me king over a people who are as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me what? Give me wisdom and knowledge. Give me wisdom and knowledge. You see where wisdom is? Wisdom speaks and says wealth is on one hand. Long life is in the other. Wisdom, why? Give me wisdom, go on. That I may lead this people. For who is able... Solomon, as much as we don't see it, Solomon had a shepherd in nature. He had a character of a shepherd. He said, give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people. You know, he already had wealth because of what his dad did. But he knew that he could not use that to change the people. He needed wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people for who is able to govern this great people of yours. Now, if you want to move God's heart, Solomon's story so that you may see what moves God. Verse, 10, verse 11, sorry. What does he say? God said to Solomon, God said to Solomon, God says to COD, God says to Wealth Nation, what does he say? Since this is your heart's desire, your desire, look, wisdom to lead a people must not be a talk, it must be a desire. It must be everything you're looking for. So people look at me, all I'm concerned about is I want to be the man known to accommodate in the most people. I look at people who can't accommodate and I say, I say it's fine, I'll take them from you happily is i want to be the man that can accommodate people this is what god wants to give who and where will his people live god does not dwell in temples men live in men guess what the whole nation is living in pt since this is your heart's desire and you have not asked for wealth possessions or honor nor for the death of your enemies look these were all things that god knew he needed but what was his chief concern? Wisdom to shepherd a people. Look at what God says. And since you have not asked for long life, go on. But for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people. To govern my people, yeah. Over whom I have made you king. Therefore. Wisdom and knowledge will be given. And what? And I will give you wealth. And I will give you wealth. So how did we advance into wealth nation? We went from youth revival, mocked, we looked silly, did not know where we were going, but there was an encounter of God that separated us from the religious of that time. There were other people prophesying, there were other people doing what we were doing, but there was something that we had in our heart that God called us. Do you remember P-Rex? That we started off saying that we wanted to be a prayer group for our friends. We wanted to bring people who were stuck in the world that we were once stuck in. That's how it started. It was not wealth. It was we wanted to bring the people that were stuck in that world into ours. So we started to pray and we went into fasting. And in that fasting, the fire of the Holy Spirit came to us. Then we started to operate with gifts. 
Now we started to move in a way that at the time you may not be able to tell that God called them. But that constant movement from youth revival to COD was what showed people that surely there's a call over these guys. Surely there's a call over these people. And we advanced into the arena or the generation of David, city of David. Where was we? What was we doing there? We were hidden in the backside. People would say, why don't you project yourself? And I don't even know why I don't project myself. But we're stuck in the backside. All they knew was seekers. All they knew was our hidden services. They heard us worshipping. They heard us praying. In fact, they started to mock it like you expect them to. But then guess what happened? Then God began to move him. Move them into a place of authority. And wealth was given by reason of their heart for shepherding. COD, we must not lose our touch that if I'm wearing LV, it's not because I care about it. It's this might just be our tool to get in the attention of people. It must be shepherding that leads God. You must move God's heart by having a heart for people. So like I said to you, it's not about looking good, even though you must look the best. It's not, by, it's not about living in the best places or driving the best cars, but you must have the best. It's about these being tools to bring in victory to God, which is shepherding of his people. Therefore, wisdom and knowledge will be given you and I will also give you wealth, possessions and honor such as no king who was before you ever had and none after you will have. This is the word to COD, the wealth nation. Because of your shepherding heart, God will bless you. You will have resources. You will have people of skill. That's what makes you wealthy. Men and women will be added to you. These are men that the Bible says that sinners will store up wealth only to hand it over to the righteous. No, people went to school storing up all kinds of skills and trade. And what God will do is that they will find salvation in you. God will make you wealthy in your house because you have feared God. Your children will be mighty in the land. The wealth will be in their houses. This is the word to us, COD. So I want us to enter a moment of worship and in all the houses and us here, I want us to raise a voice of worship because we are only just moving. Today we may not see it all, but we are moving. We are advancing somewhere. We are advancing to the place called rest where all that God has created for us will, will be found. That rest, that land where honey and milk flows that's where we're going to so i want us to worship wherever we are in all the houses i want you to gather hoy hox prosperity house as we begin to worship with the livingstone community i want us to worship and enter rome begin to worship <laughs> 